Ogumbawale for the win. Locked on women's basketball fans, Lindsay Gibbs here, your Wednesday host. Um, I'm so excited to be back. Thank you, Gabe, for filling in last week and discussing the rookie of the year battle, taking a deep dive into that. That's going to gel well with our conversation today. I am joined by the great Katie Davidson, the Lynx beat reporter for the, the next. The next, of course, is your 24-7 home for women's basketball coverage that you can subscribe to over at Substack. And today's deep dive is going to be centered around the links. And then we're also going to be diving in a little bit to the rest of the playoff picture. Uh, this is Wednesday right now, September 9th, when we're recording this. The, uh, this time next week, we'll be ready for the playoffs. So everything will be set. Most teams have about three games left. It is thrilling. <laughs> but Katie, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me on, Lindsay. All right. So it works out perfectly because the Lynx are a team I've been dying to talk about. And then they played the Mystics, who are, of course, the team I follow the closest last night on Tuesday night. And it was a game that gave us a lot to discuss. Um, the Mystics actually upset the Lynx 89 to 86 to get the Mystics sixth win of this season. And I believe that made the Lynx fall to 13 and seven on the season and they're in fourth place in the standings. I want to start with the end of that game because I think that was a, it was a play that if we were in the men's sports universe would be uh, setting off the hot take machines right now, I <laughs> believe. <for> sure. <laughs> so Tiana Hawkins hits two free throws to put the Mystics up by three with about nine seconds left in the game. Um, most people expecting, obviously, the Lynx to try and get a three-point play or, or score a three-pointer to try and tie it. Instead, Crystal Dangerfield gets her 20th points of the game, her 19th to 20th points of the game, when she drives to the basket and leaves 0.9 seconds on the clock and doesn't get the foul call. Did that call surprise you? And what was said about it after the game? Yeah, it surprised me. Um it looked like she hesitated a little bit when she was driving baseline, kind of like had a realization of what she was doing and then just went with it after there wasn't a lot of um, defensive resistance. But I mean, Washington did defend the perimeter well on that play. I don't know if she just didn't realize how little time was left, but um, I think she was trying to get a foul, trying to get body at the end. Um, but after the game, she just said, uh, I was trying to make a play. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, Reeve wasn't like, didn't come down on Dangerfield at all. I mean, she was the reason the Lynx were in that game um, to begin with. So obviously they didn't lose it just on one play. It was things that happened beforehand too. No, definitely. But I think it, it was a little bit indica indicative, is that the way you say that word, of the Lynx? Um, at times, not knowing what their identity is this season. Um, talk about the outside shooting, because that seems like uh, maybe they didn't have full confidence in all their players out there to sink that three-point shot. Right. Um, I mean, three-point shooting has been their strength the last couple of seasons, um, but th they started this offseason saying we're going to bring in um, three-point shooters to give Sylvia Fowles more opportunity in the paint and to space the floor. 
Um, they got off to a pretty slow start with that. Rachel Bannum has found her stride a little bit more, although her minutes aren't very heavy. Um, Bridget Carlton has been good for them. Demir Stantis has. Collier has struggled a little bit on the perimeter. Crystal Dangerfield has been, I think, surprising on that um, aspect of the court too. And Lexi Brown is kind of in a slump um, <laughs> for the for a while. So thank you I don't for that really transition. Know what's going on there. Thank you for that transition because <laughs> I think you know the other kind of game specific question was why did Lexi Brown not see the floor at all during that game um we as far as everyone said she is completely healthy um she's a player who had a lot of success early in the season um you know she started 13 games this season she's her steal percentage is just phenomenal she's ninth in the league in steals even though she's only played in 17 games um she's fourth in steals per game with 1.8 and second in the league in steal percentage at 4.3 but she hasn't played more than 20 minutes since august 30th which was a loss to the mercury um in that game she was one for eight from the field with two points and she hasn't scored more than six points in a game since august 23rd when she had 17 against atlanta um, what have you noticed about her relationship with the team? Some of this obviously has to do with getting Sims back and getting right. Odyssey Sims more minutes. You know, that's, um, you know, that's undeniable, but she was a really big part of what they were doing early in the season. And I'm just, um, curious if, do you think there's been a breakdown between kind of her and the coaching staff or, um, I don't know, what is it? Yeah. I, I mean, you mentioned Sims coming back and that obviously impacted her playing time, but I think at least from what Reeve told us at the beginning of the season, Cheryl Reeve, head coach. I don't know if I need to um, yeah. <laughs> specify I think that. We Cheryl but... Reeve, head coach, but yeah, I think um, we're, good. we're good there. Thank you. <laughs> she just said at the beginning of the season, like she didn't expect to, that Crystal Dangerfield would have a big role on this team. And that has obviously changed. Um, and that probably impacted Lexi's playing time a bit. But um, this team too, you just don't have a lot of players who like in game, you can't really tell if they're having a bad game, but Lexi's one of those players. And I think Reeve doesn't want to put up with that. And she's trying to find this balance of not demolishing Lexi's confidence, but also not letting her just mope on the court um, and affect the team that way. So yesterday after the game, I asked why Lexi didn't play worded it pretty poorly to give uh, Reeve an excuse not to answer it completely and just asked if she was healthy and Reeve said, yeah. So I'm guessing. <laughs> all, every reporter has done that. We have all accidentally given the coach a yes or a no uh, yeah. question when. Uh... <laughs> so and we at least ruled that out, but didn't get any specifics. Um, so she is healthy from what I know. And I mean, they could have definitely used her, even though I did say that she's had a shooting slump. I mean, at least she could have maybe come in to get some quick offense towards the end. But obviously something's going on. Um, it really does seem to be something chemistry-wise, because if you look at her Twitter today, you know, look, we're, we're, we're deep dives here, so we can talk Twitter <laughs> uh, personalities, but she's retweeting, retweeted a couple times um, a tweet from a game where she had 26 points, but that was in early August, so it's today that she decided to kind of retweet those, and one of her tweets was talking about how she's going to get her, it's like she's going to come back, and she's going to be a factor right. again, and so, you know, I know she's, you know, 
tweeted you there's been there there's signs that there's something going on behind the scenes with kind of this this guard rotation and uh it's gonna be interesting to watch because nobody else from their bench really has any consistency um you know there's a lot of players who can do great but um haven't you know but you know you can't count on a day in a day out so for sure Um, We'll have to see. All right. Well, coming up after the break, we are going to talk big picture, which involves a lot of questions about defense and about whether or not Sylvia Fowles will return. Okay. So we are still supposed to be in quarantine and everyone keeps telling me that we have so much more time on our hands these days because we're, guess not commuting a lot of us or traveling for work, but I don't feel like I have much more time. Uh, The days working from home kind of blur together between laundry and emails and Zoom meetings and washing coffee mugs, which is why it is so wonderful that we have DoorDash to take something off of our plate by putting something on it. Wow, that was cheesy. Uh, DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. If you open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat. Uh, and thanks to contactless delivery drop-offs, it will soon appear right outside your door. There are over 300,000 local partners, including many of your favorite local restaurants. We have to keep supporting our local businesses. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA. We don't have WNBA-specific codes yet. Hopefully, you know, we will grow to that point. But right now, it's locked on NBA for $5 off that first DoorDash order. And of course, remember to subscribe and rate and review the Locked on Women's Basketball podcast every day of the week. It is coming directly to your feed. And with the playoffs coming up, the single elimination first two rounds, followed by the semifinals and final, you both best of five series, you are not going to want to miss a single episode. All right, so back here with Katie Davidson of The Next, uh, the Lynx beat reporter. And the Lynx, I think, are a team that is both over-exceeded expectations <laughs> in some ways, and is, it also is infuriatingly underperforming in some ways. Like, I can't quite that's figure it out. That's the perfect way to put it, yeah. That's <laughs> how I felt the last week, so. Like, I can't quite figure it out. So they're 13-7. and seven. They're currently in fourth place in the standings. The game last night all but ended their shots, I think, to fight for that top two seed um i think there might be an outside chance of course the top two seeds get to skip single elimination games altogether the the three and four seed have to play one single elimination game but they get one by so they're hanging on to that four seed right now with phoenix kind of nipping at their heels um first questions first what's the status with sylvia fowles who i think has only played what six games this season um she's been dealing with her calf injury but she's still in the wobble still um i think with the team um and rehabbing is there any hope that we're going to see her either in the regular season or in the playoffs well cheryl reeve ruled out i believe it was on sunday before seattle um before their game against seattle that she will not be back in the regular season so Um, and she didn't say for sure that she'd be back in playoffs. So nothing is, um, solidified for the postseason. but being able to at least get one by would really help as far as giving her more time to recover and not having to rush back, especially just for a single elimination game. But 
Absolutely. I mean, it seems like a season with, you know, Brittany Griner's not in the wobble at all right now for personal reasons. Liz Cambage didn't play this year. So a center like Sylvia Fowles really gives the Lynx even almost more of an advantage than it does in normal years when you have those other two, um, you know, centers that can kind of challenge her. And this leads to, I mean, the Mystics got, who are not a big in the paint team, I think got, you know, 40 points in the paint uh, last night against the Lynx. And that was not unusual for teams to score heavily in the paint against the Lynx. You wrote a phenomenal piece for the next um, that is called Our Total Disregard for Our Principles, (laughs) which I'm guessing is a Cheryl Reeve quote. It's about how the Lynx's defensive holes have been exposed. What's going wrong on defense which is let's face it not you know usually what we think of is Cheryl Reeve teams being pretty strong on fundamentals oh for sure and how I start the article is just talking about how this wasn't just a thing that happened in these two losses to Seattle and Washington this has been brewing for quite some time I mean they gave up 26 points to LA in their first quarter which they won um, played pretty poorly against Dallas in the first half of their recent game but it just seems like Reeve described it as everyone's just defending their own player and aren't worried about team defense and thinking about, well, if I go help on this player, then my player is going to score and they're just playing kind of selfish defense that way. And just, the help side has just been abysmal as of late. And like, if you watch, I have to, I haven't gone back to watch last night's game, but I was watching Seattle, the game against Seattle on um, yesterday, I was watching the replay and there's just so many times where no defenders are in the paint and that is definitely exposed against a team like Seattle. Um, but I don't know. I just watched like there's sometimes obviously players are exhausted right now, but that's the case for teams like Seattle and Washington too, that they lost to, but sometimes there just looks like there's very, very lacking effort even to just get through a screen. I saw multiple times Odyssey Sims just like, didn't go out to close out whatsoever after getting screened and just kind of um, relied on her, the person who was defending the screener to go do it. So I don't know, there's just so many holes right now. And that's pretty concerning for a team that's um, holding on to a playoff spot right now. But yeah, you get, there's some great screenshots, which you all should go read and go watch and um, look at of just really, I mean, Lexi Brown and Odyssey Sims, both just completely like standing still almost just right. not keeping their feet moving. And look, it was exciting to see the Mystics finally making some baskets. I think part of it was just, you know, almost, I hate to say this, but they were owed some makes after like having, <laughs> you know, they just had had so many games this season where nothing has fallen and occasionally, you know, right. they're professionals and their shots are going to fall. Um, but there are also, there were just so many wide open layups and wide open drives to the lane where there weren't, there wasn't a presence uh, down there. I'm wondering about the players who've come in, in to try and kind of quote unquote, fill in uh, Sylvia Fowles shoes there. Um, Bridget Carlton has been getting starts. She's not a player doing a lot offensively, um, but has found a way to kind of stuff the stat sheet a lot. Um, You've also got from the bench, occasionally we'll see Shanice Johnson. I'm curious what's going on with Kayla Alexander, uh, Erica McCall. Um, Just what are you seeing from kind of how they're trying to fill that spot? And 
is there any way to get any more size and any more presence if Sylvia doesn't come back? I don't think Kayla's going to get much more of a shot this year. Um, I mean, Reeves thrown her in a little bit for small stints at games, but I, she obviously is not happy with what she's seeing because she's barely played more than, I don't know if she's top 10 minutes in a single game. Um, but I, it's, I, it's not, it's because of her play. She's healthy. It's right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. She is healthy. She is okay. healthy. Um, Erica McCall, I think she brings energy, which is something that some players, um, you can't say about them, but she's at least trying and showing effort. Um, but Bridget Carlton, I think she's, she does all the small things. Reeve has said that many times. Um, she's been a little bit, um, not quite as impactful these last two losses, but, and I don't, she's not someone that you could put on like a five or four is probably pushing it to feel like Dantas and Collier are maybe being asked to do not too much, but their load is so heavy right now. Like, especially on pick and roll action, it looks like the guards, like we, I mentioned Odyssey and Lexi, just not trying to get through screen. So then you're asked for your bigs to come and show high. And then that leaves um, the paint unprotected a lot of times. So I don't know what it is. And I don't know, I don't think Kayla's, Alexander is going to be someone that they throw in there just to bring more size. I don't think that's an option they're rolling with. Gotcha. Yeah. They seem to want to, you know, play small, which is not something we're used to really seeing. Let's talk about those good players. And there are three players that I think deserve a shout out here. Um, let's start with Collier. Obviously, rookie of the year last year has, if, if people haven't been paying that close attention, has she improved this season? And in what ways? What have you seen from her? She for sure has. Um, she had a slow start to begin with, and I think that was more so just trying to maybe do too much, thinking about too much, um, and just trying to live up to all this praise that she received. Um, but she, Reeve just said, like, I think it was their game against Vegas, which was the game that Sylvia got injured in. She just said that that's when she saw Nafisa just try to do less and just, like, play within herself and play freely. Um, and that's what we've gotten ever since for the most part. And, but she's, I mean, right now she should be at the top of the defensive player of the year um, race. And she's just, she can play like, I mean, she doesn't play defend the one very often, but she can defend two through five um, for sure. Mm -hmm. And she's been asked to do that since still has been out, especially. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you, check on Twitter. There are a lot of Lynx fans who think more of the offense needs to go through her uh, and are very, very vocal about that. Yes. Um, coming up, <laughs> I have two more players to ask about. We're going to talk a little bit about Crystal Dangerfield and one of the best stories in the WNBA this season, Demir Stantis. And then we're going to talk kind of our playoff predictions and uh, pick who we think is getting that eighth seed. Um, first, I want to talk about Built Bar, though. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Um, the improved Built Bar, they want me to say, and I believe it, is even deliciouser because there are 18 flavors, including six new ones, like, ready for it, Cherry Barcia. Do you get it? Hmm. And Caramel Brownie. <laughs> Built Bars are healthy, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and I think I've, uh, as I've talked about, I've uh, switched to vegetarian during the quarantine. So 
um, getting protein sometimes is hard, especially when I am lazy. Um, and so protein bars like built, especially built are really key. I love the peanut butter, which has 19 grams of protein and only 180 calories and five grams of sugar. And there's a delicious chocolate coating. So it's a little bit like a Reese's just, you know, delicious and healthier. Um, there is a special offer for Locked On WNBA listeners. You can get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, promo code Locked On, you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Be sure to follow Locked On Women's Basketball on Twitter at Locked On WBB. You can follow me on Twitter at Linz Sports, L-I-N-Z Sports. And Katie, how can people follow you on Twitter? can follow me at by, like at headline would say, by Katie Davidson. By Katie Davidson. I love it. And uh, her name is spelled exactly how you think it is spelled. K-A-T-I-E and Davidson. So doing good. All right. Let's go back. I mean, Crystal Dangerfield has to be the rookie of the year at this point, right? I was personally between her and Julie Allemond for the Indiana Fever a lot. I mean, I think that assists get overlooked sometimes. And the fact that Julie Allemond is as a rookie, I think third in the league in assists is pretty I mean, just phenomenal. Uh, and, you know, she's got less support around her than the Lynx do. But Crystal Dangerfield is just like, it's almost unstoppable. Like, it reminds me of Muggsy Bogue sometimes. We're just like, wait, where'd she go? Where'd she go? Oh, there she is. Like, she's right there in the basket. Um, what have you noticed from her? What have you enjoyed about her on or off the court? And uh, give me the pitch for her Rookie of the Year um, campaign. I'm really glad that you asked what I enjoy um, off the court too, because I think she has been like one of my favorite media avails. Um, she's oh. just very, very upfront, but not in like a um, cliche, you know, she, she gives you what you want to hear. I mean, she gives you the details and thinks through her answers, but isn't, doesn't force things either if that makes sense. So she, there's an authentic authenticity there is what For it sounds sure. like what you're saying, which is, you know, not all players uh, go there media availability, which I understand, but that is right. nice when it gets there. Right. Yeah. And on the court, obviously, as everyone has seen, she just really fearless um, lives for the big moments <laughs> aside from maybe last night. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just so fun to watch her and just, especially like it's, this perfect narrative of this player who drops to the second round and then comes back and has this huge season um, despite people underestimating her from the start. I did not underestimate her for the record, but um, she, I think she's my rookie of the year because obviously her averages um, maybe I'm probably biased in considering her team success too. Um, but she, her usage has been, she has, a very high usage rate and um, still is not like turning the ball over um, a ton. Maybe that's too low of a bar, 
Um, I don't have her no, stats I mean, in front of me. But... He, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, a lot of the other contenders, you know, Sabrina had not gotten injured. If right. Kennedy had been, you know, had not gotten injured, it's likely that those are two players who would have, you know, really challenged her. And maybe even Satu Sabli, if she hadn't gotten injured and the wings had, you know, been more of a factor throughout. Um, you know, but it's... It's just, I, I just think with what she's doing, it's really hard to see at this point anybody else because, you know, she was doing it earlier in the season and then the narrative is always, well, teams will adjust to it, right? She'll, right. she'll she's having a hot start, but teams will start um, game planning for her and, you know, she'll come back to earth a little bit, but that we haven't seen that. Like, that's just like not what's going on. And she's, it's fearless. And like, there's like an audacity to like the way she like goes about her business on the court. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, here's a reverse layup that I'm just going to do. Like, oh, here I am. Like, it's just fun. Just yeah. so unfazed by anything. And that has been really fun to watch. And it just, I just think of, had the Lynx not grabbed her, like, what would their backcourt have been? Are they <laughs> rolling I mean, with? It would have been absolutely awful. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's really hard to imagine. All right, I want to move on because I want to make sure that we have a couple minutes to talk about Demir Stantis, um, the Brazilian player who we found out over the broadcast. I don't think you had known this either no. from Holly Rowe, even more about how remarkable of a season that Dantas is having, especially with Sylvia out. And so um, what have we seen from her? She's now in the starting lineup. Um, she's a stretch four. And, you know, we a lot of times don't get don't see players get the attention when they come when they're international players, when they don't go through these big college programs. Um, you know, women's basketball tends to overinflate, I think, the importance of college once we get into the pros when it comes okay. to narratives. So tell us about Dantas, what she's doing well and what she has been through this season during the pandemic. Right. So they just announced over the broadcast, like you said, um, that she's lost her grandmother and her best friend. And so, I, and I don't know, I don't think they specified whether that, that those deaths happened while she was in the bubble or if it happened before, but she said that she's been like on zoom calls in her room, trying to plan funerals and everything while she's trying to focus on her, the basketball season too. So that's insane. Um, and gives you a little, makes you just remember that these people or these players are people too and what they're going through outside of basketball. But um, she has handled her business so well this season and um, she's one of the Lynx best three-point shooters, but has also been, um, she's improved in the, in her interior defense too. I know she's been in foul trouble um, in some crucial games this season. So that'll be interesting when they play Vegas tomorrow, especially, but she's really stepped up without Sylvia Fowles um, in the mix. And I just, I don't think this team would be um, at the top of the playoffs without her, especially um, without Fowles too. So. Yeah, it's been great. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these final spots. As we mentioned right now, we've got Seattle and the Aces hanging on to those number two spots, the Los Angeles Sparks fighting in third, fighting to hopefully um, steal that second seed from the Aces, perhaps. And then uh, the Lynx hanging on to four. The rest of the uh, look, the look right now, you got the Mercury in the fifth seed at five, at 12 and eight. Um, the Chicago Sky, who are um, limping 
towards the end of the season with injuries, um, you know, now that they've lost both Diamond and Azare for this season. So they're 11 and 9 at the 6. The surging Connecticut Sun at 10 and 10 at the number 7 spot. And then you've got Dallas Wings, 7 and 12, hanging on to that 8 spot. The Mystics at 6 and 13, right behind them. But unfortunately, the Mystics lose the tiebreaker to the Dallas Wings because they got swept by the Wings. Both games went to overtime. Just oh, a brutal, brutal kind of way. Sums up the Mystic season in a lot of ways. The Atlanta Dream are still technically alive, hanging in there at 5 and 14. And the Mystics do play the Dream, the final game of the season. That is the game that was postponed um, during the protest. So um, they do face each other again. Um, and then the Fever and the Liberty have been officially eliminated from playoff contention. I'm curious as someone, uh, what did you notice from the Mystics last night? They're going to need help from the Wings. They're going to need the Wings to lose a game, uh, a couple of games, um, at least in order, and they're going to need to win out in order to make it through. Um, and that's, you know, not going to be easy, of course. Um, but what did you see from the Mystics? I'm curious what your thoughts were. Well, Maisha Hines Allen was um, incredible and <laughs> a <laughs> bulldozer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Reeve made a note of uh, making sure that was clear that we all knew that at the end of the game too, and that she uh, tore up the Lynx defense. So that was made very clear. But they also just as a team, they move the ball so well. And I don't know if that was an indictment of the Lynx defense last night, but I think it was just. Um, I think that's it's more so just their offense and. They made good cuts, and they're just constantly active on the offensive end, at least they were last night. Um, so that's been fun to watch, especially for a team that's just hanging on there. Um, but I don't know. I When you're looking at them or Dallas um, getting that final spot, I know, like you said, that um, the Dallas – the Wings have the tiebreaker, but I just don't think you can count out the last year's contenders um, despite who they're not with this year. I agree. And I mean, look, uh, they, it's been talked so much about the mystics about who they didn't come into this, uh, wobble with, right. They didn't come in with Elena or a Tina or Natasha cloud or Latoya Sanders. And of course, Christy Tolliver, um, left to go to Los Angeles. But then during the wobble, they lost Ariel powers. And that's a huge loss for them. She's a huge part of their team. They lost her for the season. And then on top of that, um, Stella Johnson comes in, seems to be like the answer for their offensive woes, you know, this like bright spot. And then she gets injured and is out, you know. I think maybe there's a tiny chance that she comes back if there's playoffs. But, you know, she's she's been gone. And, you know, they are down to, you know, Suge Sutton, who was the last pick in the draft this season <laughs> the very last third round last pick um and you know they've got her playing backup point guard they've got um you know they've got jackie uh Gemelos in there as a starter she started in this game and you know they're kind of piecing this team together um but i do i I would love to see them sneak in. I think for all they fought through this season, um, it would be very well earned and that they could definitely win one or two of these one game playoff series. Um, you know, Maisha Hines Allen, like you said, I mean, I, 
most improved player. I really think at this point she's beat out Lainey for me um, as the most improved player. Just the consistency. And she is sure. carrying the team every game, which is something that Lainey is not having to do. Like she is carrying the Mystics. Right. Um, and, you know, it helps that the Mystics are, well, right now a little bit better than Atlanta. And, you know, you've also, of course, got Emma Meesman in there. Tiana Hawkins had a phenomenal game. And when she's playing well, the Mystics are just so much better. So, you know, we'll see. But then again, I want to see Arike in the playoffs. Like, I want to see playoff Arike. Like, <laughs> On a single elimination game? Oh, man. That would like, be... can you imagine if we have, like, I mean, we could very easily, right, right now, as this goes, we would have Arike versus Diana Taurasi in a single elimination oh. first-round game. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty hard to root against, but... Yeah, so honestly, the good thing is, either way, all of us fans are going to be winners here today. And honestly, um, you know, Dallas kind of... Um, well, Dallas gets a double win if they are... Um, uh, if they can beat out the Mystics, because they have the Mystics' first-round pick next year, so... <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> because somehow in the Tina Charles trade, that first-round pick ended up in Dallas. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but it did. Anyways, we are in for a thrilling end of this season, and the links are going to be a big part of that one way or the other. So, um, you know, stay tuned. Once again, everyone, follow Katie Davidson at the next. Follow her at by Katie Davidson. Um, and stay tuned. You've got Erica Ayala coming up on Thursday for Locked On Women's Basketball and Howard Megdal with your Friday conversation.